Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. That's what Peter said. His response to bad news. The bad news that Jesus was going to be killed. It's our natural reaction to bad news. A loved one tells us they have cancer and are going to die. A friend tells us he has lost his job and may soon lose his house. A high-risk person gets COVID. Someone goes on hospice care. The doctor says there's no more they can do. No is our natural reaction. It's going to be all right. It's going to get better. This is not going to happen to you. But our denials don't change anything. Things like this do happen. Maybe we just don't want to think about it. We don't want to imagine life without this person So Peter's reaction, yeah, I get it. I probably would have, I probably have said the same thing. So today in the Holy Gospel, we get an interesting contrast. Jesus sees death as something he must do. Peter sees death as something that should never happen. And both are right. Peter's right. Death should not happen. It was never meant to be. Evolutionists say that death is just a part of life, that death, in fact, makes us stronger, weeding out the weak. But the scriptures tell us what we know, What each of us knows, that death isn't right. Death isn't natural. Death has been imposed upon us. It's not a part of life. It's the enemy of life, the result of sin. And while it is, it shouldn't be. Peter is right. Which is why Jesus must die. Because we die. If there's going to be any help for us at all, any hope for us at all, Jesus must die. That dying, he rise and destroy the power of death. The power death has over us, which is the power of sin. Sin, which doesn't just cause us to do wrong things but robs us of life by separating us from God. Sin, which says, do this and you'll live. And we do it and we die. We become less, not more. Any satisfaction, if there's any there at all, is short-lived. And the power of sin over us increases We feel guilty, yet we do it again. We are disappointed, yet we do it again. I don't want to be like that, yet I do it again. 
So Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, must die for me. If there's going to be any help or hope for me at all, he must break the power of sin and death or it will never be broken. The good news for us is that he has. But Peter and the others are still learning that. And then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And while we aren't told how Peter responded to this statement of Jesus, we could fill in the blank. No, this shall never happen to me. It's our natural reaction If I don't want the cross for others, I certainly don't want it for me. There must be some other way. But here is the difference between life in this world and life in the next. Between the kingdom of this world and God's kingdom. In this world, in this life, in this kingdom, there are other ways. If one way doesn't work, shift your weight. Pivot to something else. If one strategy or tactic isn't working, come up with another. Or buckle down and try harder. But for eternal life, there is no other way. There are no pivots or other strategies or tactics. There's just Jesus. Now, you're all good Lutherans, so you know that. And maybe you've been sitting there right now, either here in person or at home watching our live stream and thinking that I really haven't told you anything you don't already know. Maybe. But now, hold up these words that you Know in your mind and believe in your heart next to your life how you're actually living. Is there any disconnect? Is there any inconsistency? Don't bother to answer. I know the answer. I know it from my own mirror. We talk about eternal life, and then we live as if this life is all there is. We talk about God's kingdom and keep building our own. We talk self-denial and live self-fulfillment. We talk about bearing the cross, but try to get out from under it as often and quickly as we can. We say we follow Jesus But does that mean for you as much as following people on social media? Thumbs up, Jesus. But is it really more a virtual reality for you? It's true, isn't it? So it's good for us to hear these words again, to connect our hearts and minds with our hands and feet. 
in those ways that Paul talked about today in the epistle. Outdo one another in showing honor. Be constant in prayer. Bless those who persecute you. Associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Never avenge yourself. Feed your hungry enemy. Give your enemy something to drink. Repay no one evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's just some of it. A tall order. A heavy cross to bear. And it really is a cross. Normally when people hear about bearing the cross, they don't think of stuff like that. They think of suffering, that it's all about suffering. That's true, but it's more. It's more about death. And all those things Paul talked about there are like death, killing you, killing that old, sinful, selfish man, killing your ability to put yourself and you and your wants at the center Focusing you not on your life and on your kingdom, but on God and others. But don't therefore think and fall back into the same trap that you can just do these things if you buckle down and try harder. You'll just fall harder. It's got to all start with Jesus And end with Jesus. And have Jesus all in between. Because this is his life that Paul is describing here. So if you're going to live it, he has to give it. And if you're going to live it, that old man's got to go. And a new man arise. A Jesus man. Which only Jesus can create and keep alive in you. And it all starts with baptism, for there, as Paul said earlier in Romans, a couple chapters before this, is where Jesus' cross was first applied to you. That's where you died and rose with Christ and became a new man. There, your sins were forgiven and you rose to live a new life. Only you didn't live that new life. Your sinful nature got the best of you. Satan's temptations sounded reasonable to you. The ways of the world looked good to you. And you followed them, not Christ. And really, not virtually. And the guilt came and the disappointment came and death began licking its chops for you. And so Jesus called out to you and called to you, come back. Come back to your baptism. Come back to the cross. You're filthy, but here I make you clean. You're guilty, but here I forgive you. You're my child. Don't be afraid. Repent and live. Not a life you save, but the life I save. For only my life is greater than your death.
and you're renewed. You're forgiven. You're raised again. Until you're not. Until, hey, Lord, I did unto others and they didn't do unto me. This cross, these people, they're crushing me. They're killing me. This life, it ain't easy. So good thing you're not alone, huh? Jesus says. For you're right, by yourself, that cross is too heavy for you to bear, but I am with you. Don't you remember? I promise that. If you bear a cross, it's because I bore it first. For your good, your eternal good. You see, you need my strength. So here, my body. Here, my blood. What you did to me, I don't do unto you either. Remember that. Do this in remembrance of me. Of what I did for you. What I did in return for what you did. And receive the forgiveness and the life. The strength, the salvation, the freedom you need. Here. Because what's the alternative? Really, what's the alternative? Gain the whole world? And forfeit your soul? You think that's a good trade? That's a sucker's trade. And P.T. Barnum wasn't the only one to think there's one of those born every minute. Satan knows it too. And he's more of a con man and huckster than Barnum ever was. But no con from Jesus. Only the truth. Life and death. Straight up. No sugar coating. If you follow Jesus, know that Satan is going to follow you. To hound you and bite at your heels. Set traps for you and try to bring you down. But if you follow Jesus, he will not succeed. Not in the end. He might win battles. But he's already lost the war. And for the battles you lose, there is forgiveness from the one who won the war. And so when the Son of Man comes with his angels in the glory of his Father... He will repay each person according to what he has done. That's not works righteousness. It's a promise that your reward is in the future. Right now, you may not see it. In fact, things might look pretty bleak. It's not for nothing that the Psalms so often question and grumble why the evildoers prosper and the righteous suffer. But don't rely on what you see, but on what you hear, on the words and promises of God. What you see will deceive you and let you down like Satan playing three-card Monty with you. But the word of God will not. Want proof? The empty tomb that was revealed when the stone was rolled away is your proof. What he said He did. And then finally, Jesus says, Truly, 
There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, some people think that because the disciples died, Jesus was just wrong here. But Jesus didn't say they wouldn't die. He said they wouldn't taste death. Interesting phrase, yes? For what do you think death tastes like? Well, you know, it's bitter. It's awful. When someone we love dies, it is a bitter pill to swallow. Judas died in bitterness and despair. But for those in Jesus, for those baptized into him and fed by him and forgiven by him, death has been transformed. It still isn't natural. It still shouldn't be, but it is, so Jesus transformed it. He transformed it from the end of life to the beginning of life. So when the disciples died, when the early martyrs died, and often in horrible ways, death was not bitter for them. They often rejoiced. They didn't resist. The church began calling those days birthdays into heaven. Now, I'm sure it was hard and very painful, but their Lord, their Jesus, was with them as he promised, taking them with him through death and the grave to life, from the sleep of death to the morning of paradise. Which brings us back full circle to where I began this sermon. Our natural reaction to death is to say no. But because Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, as Peter would learn, you can face death with confidence. And being able to face death with confidence enables you to live now, not in fear, but in faith, not worrying about your kingdom, but looking forward to his And knowing that the crosses you bear are giving you life. Killing your old man to enliven the new man. The child of God that you are. For your father wants you to live. And not just here and now. But with him forever. That's the mind of God. And the words of Jesus, to which we and Peter eventually give a hearty yes. Yes, Lord, your will be done. I live and I die in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.